is the Soft Issues Podcast with Wei, Matt, Lee and Ev. Are you sitting comfortably? This week we're talking about bad inventions, including but not limited to internal cabling, funky seat posts and the tease made. I don't. Keeps I don't you grounded, it. doesn't it? There's something quite honest about actually getting out of bed to bother. <laughs> yeah. There's something quite honest about getting out of bed. Yeah. You're gonna make it even harder for yourself. It's quite Put bougie, isn't it? And you have to, you have to throw the tea bag in the bag before you can make your cup of tea. That's if you want to make your morning a bit more entertaining. Welcome to Soft Issues. What are we talking about? I don't think Apart from biscuits and teas, today we're talking about daft inventions. Ah. <laughs> General definitions nice. or cycling related. So, I think it should be. Should well, we, we talked about the important stuff first. Okay. Mm. Biscuits and tea and mm. uh, teas mates. And uh, now we're going to talk about. Oh. It's going to be the loudest thing <laughs> on the podcast. I want another biscuit. That, that was Matt, by the way. I want another so, biscuit. Matt, for another biscuit. Look Look some of us were working this morning. Look out for that sound. You know, it's Matt going for another biscuit. I'm hungry. Tell you what, I just came back from Wales and we had Barra Brith. How do you spell in that? I don't know. With too many letters. How many L's in that? Is it pronounced correctly as well? Barra Brith, I think. That sounds as good as it's going to get, really, from any of four of us, I think. It's a brick. A brick of fruit. And I don't know, they're all the same. They all feel like some form of fruit cake mm. and stickiness and and just general. I think it's something that's so full of sticky syrup that yeah. it can sit for a long Never. time. Mm. I feel like you could have started with fruit cake and then gone mm. into you know. Could yeah. be a murder weapon as well because you could just eat it after. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's perfect. Supposedly quintessentially Welsh. So any any Welsh listeners, please let can me we know validate more. this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us more. Get, know more about it. Get on our Instagram. What is our Instagram way? It's the Soft Issues Pod at Soft Issues Pod. Right. Cool. Just in case anyone does have a question or a query <laughs> or some kind of criticism, yeah, or maybe um, some abuse to throw our way. Are you, are you inviting it? <laughs> it's engagement. So we can start with the, is it the Hover Bar by uh, Canyon? It's like two layers. Oh, God. that one? I saw, it, I saw it the other day. I was working in a bike shop and um, mm, still took one of those in. Yeah, it still exists. It's there. And it's just, like, so come on, somebody was tell me. Was it meant me, to be suspension? What was the idea? No, I, no, I feel like it's just meant to give you a higher thing to hold on to when yeah. you're on the top. So they put it on that. So they have this gravel bike that they call the Grail. Right. And it's yeah, yeah, like great. really long, mm. like super like short head tube, mm. and it's got this like yeah scaffolding rig assembly thing as a handlebar, <laughs> and it's like really difficult to bar tape because <laughs> you've got like loads of yeah, yeah joins and kind of you have to do like oh, two yeah. figure of eights. Yeah, two figure of eights basically. Like most people can't get their head around one, not four figure of eights. Oh yeah, two, one, two on either side. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I think yeah, it's just to kind of make it a bit more real world rideable, because mm-hmm. otherwise no one would buy it, and it's a gimmick as well. Like, is it is it a bike. is it a bike frame that they've designed from the ground up, or have they just taken like without surplus smaller size frames? 
uh, and stuck some bars on. They just tried to reinvent. One advantage year, right? that might be as a consequence of this daft setup, yeah. more room for activities for the bar bags and things. Activities is that yeah. what you're going to call it? Yeah. Several more bar room, bags, more room for handlebag related and light activities, and, yeah. and other bits and pieces. I yeah. suppose you could just you could like have old school rally car lighting yeah. all the way across your bars, and then you've got beams. another handle yeah. to hold on to. Exactly. Are they all flared as well? Can't remember. I, I guess so. Yeah, I don't think they are much. No, I think they, they look like just because you've got bars. so much real estate at the front, you just don't need it. Yeah, well, both. I think both bars are very flat and quite deep. Mm. Yeah, uh, in, in their width. And so yeah. you could put your hands all over it, but but like the, not not ergonomic <laughs> at all because it's literally a flat no, it's bar. Just flat, yeah, right. Yeah. It's a flat. Uh, what's what's the word for completely perpendicular to your shoulders? Oh, you you described it very well. Is that a term that you use in bike fitting? Perpendicular to your shoulders. You know, maybe you should start on ergonomic. Um, yeah. le- less ergonomic because. Yeah. Uh, like you know, when you get, I, I've got these Richie bars, and they just the regular Richie bars, and they just they just curve in just a tiny bit on the tops, makes them way more comfortable. Yeah, but the bloke that designed them actually rides his bike. Yeah, a lot. Mm. Who at Canyon rides bikes? I don't think many people, given the <laughs> given their bikes. <laughs> and of course, if anyone at Canyon is listening and wants to give me a free bike to criticise, I will. We could test it out, can't we? Yeah. Have, have any of us ever actually ridden that bar? Like no, in anger. no, it could be amazing. Not in anger, exactly. because I don't think it's the kind of bar that you ride in anger. That's true. I think it's the kind of bar that you ride in the opposite of anger. I think they do. I don't, you I don't still buy the grail. Yeah, it's maybe it's different one. though, because they did break a few times in there. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, Canon don't have a great history with uh, they don't do broken that. bars either. Or seat posts. Yeah, seat posts as well. Yeah. Although. I oh, know they brought who, who actually made the first leaf one because it, it's also made uh, by Ergon. Ergon. Mm-hmm. Was it Ergon first yeah. and then okay? Yeah. So I was about to say something nice about Canyon, but they didn't even have that either. Yeah, oh, get into it. Well, Ergon, the company um, Ergon was formed by uh, the guy who's who runs Canyon, his brother um, run, runs Ergon. Yeah. So. There's a very close connection. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, that is. I, and I they have the same f- number of letters in there. No. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Quite mad. No, they don't. <laughs> well, I want to say that uh, I think the leaf seat post is, is amazing, actually. Yeah, it's a great seat post. It's I, I, super annoying to adjust, but uh, like yeah, when you takes set, time, when but when you get it right, oh, it's yeah. amazing. Super yeah. good. I just feel like something's going to get stuck in there. In where? In in the in Wedged between in the two. Yeah, wedged in the, in between the two the yeah. two leaves. Like what? Like rocks. Like a bug. Or a bug or mud. <laughs> Spider. Rocks. I don't know, something. Someone throwing rocks at you. <laughs> when I ride, yes. Oy. Quite often. <laughs> Maybe you could put something in there. Put some cake in there. Some barrow bricks. Some ba- yeah. Mm. yeah. That sounds, actually, that's the perfect elastomer. You did say yeah. <laughs> The bike industry, they're missing a trick. <laughs> cake elastomer. Yeah. So that's good then. That's, uh, that's a good invention. Well, we talk about bad ones, aren't we? Bad, like bad we bikers. Speaking of seat posts, envy seat post. Envy seat post. Describe this envy seat post that you hate oh, so much. It's yeah. like the foot. So <laughs> many bones. So many individual components. Is that is that for the clamp? Yeah. Or is that for the... Yeah. So I think this thing breaks down into like six different bits. And it's reversible. You can put the wedges in at different angles. It's reversible. Yeah. Interesting. Can get my setback after all. 
<laughs> no, only in terms of ankle. Oh, rubbish then. Yeah, the setback is the setback. This is not the one with the two separate bits. Correct. Mm. It is. Yeah. So you can change. You can go from zero to setback. No, no, no. no, no. It's not so you can go. You can change the angle of it by flipping the orientation of the wedges, yeah. the orientation of the um, bottom part of the actual clamp that holds the rails. But it's just woefully over-designed. Yeah. Someone very clever has designed this and gone on a computer and gone, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, and they've actually made it. Or, or has gone, oh, no, this is rubbish. I'm definitely going to delete this. Oh, but I fancy a biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've gone away from their desk, and some marketing person has walked past and just like, <gasps> we can charge 400 quid for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Stick an envy sticker on it. all the time as well. I have yeah. to regularly tighten mine. Well, exactly. It's like rated to like no newton meters, mm. and it just comes loose. Five point five. Five point five. Yeah. Ridiculous. Outrageous. Yeah. yeah. For, I want a Richie one that I can put about twelve through. Yeah. That's what I want. I want security. I want security. Thirteen, surely. Oh, peace of mind. Thirteen just to be safe. Whatever it says on a component, I just What's do one? it like two extra, just to be safe. Yeah. He likes to live by dangerously. Yeah, totally. Did you willingly buy your MV seat post or? Did it come uh, with your bike? It, no, it, it definitely comes with the bike. What that is? Yeah, that is that. Okay. Gonna, it was going to have a look. Yeah, we haven't seen one um, It's comfortable. It's fine. I mean, that yeah, it was like ridiculously expensive. Shilling, but you obviously got a deal from Saddleback, I think, at the time, mm. possibly. And also at the time, I had bars and the stem I mean? as well. So it kind of it kind of went. It's a um, shocker, isn't it? It's yeah, absolute shocker. I mean, if it had a shock in it, it would make more. What's sense. wrong with a bolt at the front and a bolt at the back? Yeah. Or just one going straight to the middle, just one. Yeah, less less good, but it'll do. I don't know. Have you ever tried the Moots one? The Moots one. Oh, really good. How much is the, <laughs> the Moots, Moots one? one's really good. Okay, it's really expensive. It's like a million quid. <laughs> I think there should be a limit. But it's so it? lovely and simple. It's just one bolt. It's just boom, boom. Like that. Right. I think, yeah, it goes back to the, the ladies' lingerie argument, doesn't it? Like the less the less you get, the more you pay. Plus bikes in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. The it, less the material you get, the more you're going to pay for it. There's only two and a half kilos for a frame and wheels and bars and saddle, but it's 10 grand. Yeah. yeah. So it goes for coffee now. Like it used to be like you used to want to get the biggest possible. You still get the same amount of coffee, two grand shots. Grand Now you have like a Cortado, it's like a big drink, do you know what I mean? And that's like four ounces. <laughs> like, like, you don't get any money for your value anymore. It's just ridiculous. Same as bikes. That's American, mate. Like. You get a litre. Yeah. A like litre of coffee. Two bucks. An extra shot. Yeah, no coffee in it, it's all sugar <laughs> or cream. So, we've got the Kenyan hover bars, yeah, so far, which we don't like. Specialized hover bar, brilliant. Mm. They got one as well. I haven't seen it's it. It's just an alloy one, isn't it? Yeah, it's an alloy it's one nice. with a 15 mil rise. Oh, that's it. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more yeah. of a bend. No, I like yeah. that. That is a that's a great idea it's for people not who to accidentally, the two. Yeah. people who accidentally brought, bought a, a drop bar bike. And didn't realise what they were getting into, <laughs> yeah. and have only ever ridden a hybrid or a Dutch bike, and suddenly it's like, what? You want me to reach where? Mm. Well, it's a, it's a solution to a potential problem. Isn't yeah. It? Well, uh, this goes back to to what you were saying a couple of episodes ago, I believe. I don't know. Sounds the orders all over the place. Um, where you were talking about um, uh, the, the the data set of of people. Oh yeah. What were you saying? How did you word it? Cleverly. At the time, I think. I can't remember. Um, Doesn't sound like it. More people, more people, more people. Wider demographic of people riding bikes than just you know pros and oh the bell curve. Want, uh, want, 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 want to be athletes? Yeah. So yeah, you have to accommodate for those people. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
what is annoying about lots of proprietary equipment and uh, say a bike that's designed specifically around a certain set of handlebars which fits perfectly in uh, the, the bike design but it only fits a very small part of that bell curve yeah, yeah. and so it's a very restrictive bike wasteful yeah if this was qi the alarm bells would have gone off <laughs> said the word of the day which is proprietary which is the, the the worst thing about bike industry and any industry really is as soon as somebody makes something proprietary they try and lock you into that thing so it's like okay oh, if you if your handlebars break or your fancy seat post breaks you have to go back to the manufacturer to get that particular thing and if they cease to exist and many are mm. um you're yeah it's just like cars isn't it you know you can't take your car apart these days you buy a modern car it's all kind of bolted down in the hood under the hood and a laptop yeah you need yeah. a laptop to service it and parts um, are only available from sorry but <laughs> the, last, the last few days um freelance bike mechanicking um i've seen a lot of e-bikes there are since the last time i was doing mechanics and uh, which is maybe only a couple of years ago like doing it full-time um to now oh my god van moves go cycles other clones of those there are so many and it's like these are not bicycles anymore these are just completely proprietary like anything goes wrong with them you're you're a um um, like you know computer monkey now you just like well Mm. you have to go online search for the problem put in the serial code or the error code or whatever call them up and say it's telling me this what do i have to do it's a way of getting you back simple as that isn't it you have to. You, you can't go elsewhere. Hmm. But yeah. what happens, like, like with Van Move when when the company goes under? You're you get a new bike. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, they're just it's terrible. Yeah. They're just different beasts. Aren't they? Mm. Like e-bikes. I don't really consider e-bikes the same as bikes. They're just no. a different thing, mm. a different form of transport altogether. Yeah. I mean, then, like I was out in Wales mountain biking and. Almost every other rider I saw was on an e-bike. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I mean, I can kind of understand that because you just described (laughs) Wales earlier as (laughs) either up or down. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. Like, it makes kind of getting around and enjoying those hills easier. Mm. But also, you lose a very, like for me anyway, a very... Uh, distinct part of riding bikes is the effort and the fitness required to get up a hill and that mm-hmm. um, ability to get to the top or go down and the, the skill and fitness yeah. that is required it's it's exercise it's supposed to be hard yeah no and, fun when everybody's doing it is it <laughs> it must be an age-related thing though. i think you know if my dad turned around to me and said oh i'm getting an electric bike i'd be like cool you know 67 yeah. sure absolutely fine yeah um, but I think I got a lot of my morals going up hills and downhills. I remember my dad saying, mm. you know, to go up, you must come down. And I think that's mm. nice. It's, it's good to be able to work for something and then yeah. get to go down the hill after and enjoy yeah. it. Well, whilst you have the ability and capability mm. to generate enough power and strength to get up a hill, then mm. why not use that? Yeah. Um, it's I mean, fun, isn't it? yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I was talking to a bike guide who was there, and he he, he loves his e-bike because he is literally riding every single day yeah. and taking people up and down mountains. And sure, then that's a great use for an e-bike because yeah. he's tired and he's mm. been doing it for months and months and months already. Um, but yeah, yeah, for for me anyway, mm. uh, a big part of bike riding is the effort that is required, and that is that's part of what is rewarding about bike riding. So. And we're talking about recreational riding for you know fitness for exercise is kind of our all of our uh, field right mm. um, obviously transport is different commuting on your bike like mm. ride wherever you want you know, ride an e-scooter if you want you, you, look like <laughs> you, can, you can do it if you want you know ridiculous yeah. inventions excuse me <laughs> <laughs> No. Saw someone. It's the probably, way... I, I, like, I prefer them to mopeds. I've got to say, because mopeds are just awful. I saw someone having a fight today. Two mopeds together. It was very entertaining. Two mopeds having a fight. Yeah, I mean, not the actual bikes. <laughs> <it was> people <laughs> on the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was very entertaining. Right by Euston. Wow. Very nice coffee. There's always a fight right by Euston. Mm. <laughs> One of them was going like this. Like I'm putting my arm up like as if I'm nudging someone. So they're both nudging each other down the road, apparently. Oh, as they were riding. Like, yeah, yeah. No were they practicing for like crit racing or something? Because that's generally maybe. What maybe there were cyclists that were just confused <laughs> and got on the wrong bike. I don't know. Anyway, are we lumping e-bikes into things that we like or not like? Or is that just too? There's too much time and a place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a time and a place. Like, like the you know mountain bikers in Wales. Mm. Uh, instead of driving a massive pickup truck to a location mm. with their bikes on the back and then getting mm. their bikes and then riding yeah. around a little mm. bit and then driving home. They just ride the bike the yeah. whole time, which obviously is better. Right? Mm -hmm. But... Um, yeah, and like people come in for a holiday as well, they might not cycle usually and it would put them off mm. with a motor they yeah. get to actually enjoy the scenery. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's definitely not a bad invention, you can't say that. Mm. You, you, you took an e-bike out and you met. Yeah, amazing. Matt prefers them. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah, 100% my next bike will be an e-mount bike. Which one? I don't know yet. I haven't got no idea. You're going to go for steel? Probably not. Really? Yeah, it's got a carbon one in it, like everyone else. <laughs> this is, here's my problem with e-bikes. Is there one of my primary criteria for any any level of active transport, like a bicycle, is can you sling it over your shoulder and get up a flight of stairs with it? That's that's the only limitation when it comes to e-bikes. Some of these things are just yeah. so heavy. Like you're not, they're not for lifting. Yeah, they're, they're just not bicycles. They're not bicycles. Way. Yeah, they're it's more scooter. like having it's a scooter. Yeah. It's like a moped or whatever. It's that yeah. kind of thing. So you can't really ride it without the motor being on. You can. I mean, you can. Blow it hard. Yeah. But then cyclists oh. have terrible upper body strength, so maybe it could be a way to even that out. So just get really heavy bikes and just have to carry it around. <laughs> what? The gym? What's that? The what? An the often underutilised <laughs> invention. How do you get to the gym on your e-bike? Right. You won't be getting home if you lock it up, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Has anyone got any ideas for bad inventions? Internal cable routing. Internal cable routing. Is that, I guess that is an invention, isn't it? Who did it first? Why did some... Presumably it was on a like a TT bike or something. That would have been the first internal <clears throat> rear brake or something. 
Right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, like a, a, they definitely had them on kind of older steel bikes, yeah. like a semi-internal, like yeah, kind of yeah. rooted mm-hmm. through the top tube, things like that. Um, probably for aerodynamics yeah. of some kind. Um, some some of it for aesthetics. Definitely aesthetically on a steel bike, like on a classic steel bike, when you've got um, a cable going in, cable coming out, it can look really nice. Mm. It can it can look quite cool. Yeah. But so I don't really I don't really have a problem with that part. That kind of like okay, let's just let's let's get rid of the cable. Let, let's get rid of the, the inner cable, you know, being exposed because obviously you know you get corrosion, you get dirt in there, all sorts of it messes up your messes up your. Um, you're shifting and you're braking, whatever. But so going in the frame and then coming out is fine. But that's where I draw the line. <laughs> what, what's too much for? Too, too much, much is yeah. is like fully internal. Mm-hmm. Right. We go. Oh, I had to set up a giant propel the other day. Oh, was it? The, I, it was, was it a, no. It was the older there. one. It was a rim brake. Yeah. Oh, it with it, well, it's there near the bottom bracket. Yeah. That's yeah. so hideous. But it's the but, that's it's a bad stem. Invention. It's the stem <laughs> thing. It's like it comes out of the. Comes out, goes into the, it goes in and out of the bars for about three inches. This mm. cable, yeah, and the pads are always sticking Pointless. as well. It's ridiculous. And then it goes into the stem, like through the back of the. Oh, it's just, oh, oh. I don't know. It's just stupid. So it's just, just just to clarify, we're bashing fully internal cable routing of cables which come through handlebars stem yeah. into the frame. Yeah. And out somewhere, but the whole thing about like cable routing, right? The cable, the the less kind of corners, the less bends and kinks in the cable, the better it's going to perform. Exactly. So when you've got hydraulic disc brakes and electric shifted, like axis or whatever, yeah, yeah, not a problem. problem. No issue. Not a problem. When you have to run four cables through a stem to go into a head tube, well. This That's is, when you get issues, and you wonder why your shifting doesn't work. Well, this is why most of those bikes were. Um, kind of like it was designed as an afterthought so the designers have gone oh we've got electronic shifting and hydraulic brakes now right everything's internal mm-hmm. and then somebody said oh yeah but we want we, we want to hit this price version. point yeah we yeah. want a yeah, yeah. cable version and they're like well I suppose you could drill another hole you know. and uh, and it doesn't work very well but you, you that's tough this is you, you, bought the, you bought the crappy one the whole idea the more was economical that, one the more <laughs> economical Buy a bike with external cabling. How, how many so people, for, for us in bike fits, how much would you say that people want or need internal cabling as their new bike that, you know, they want oh, you to recommend? Need? Zero. Okay, okay. want. <laughs> want everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wants yeah. I mean, you have, to, you have to admit, it does look clean. Mm. It does look lovely when you don't see any cables at all. I don't, I don't mind it, but I understand why people do like it. Yeah, there's no need for it, really. The, the, the need was really from an aerodynamic standpoint. Yeah. Like hiding the cables would give you a minuscule watt saving. It doesn't. <laughs> Come at me, everybody <laughs> who thinks they're an aerodynamicist. Does it? It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Got then, a body on the bike. Mind over yeah, matter. On the bike. You know, it can make you feel faster because then you might go faster. Yeah, just paint, paint your bike. Just get a new paint job. You'll feel faster. 
Get new, buy, buy some new shorts. Yeah, everyone's always looking for those like minuscule gains, aren't they? Like, yeah, they Ridley made like somehow. trip tape, like, like you know, like yeah, a, again, a sliver of a rough uh, tape, which yeah. is like planted on the forks to kind of trip the air around it. Like, how do you? Do I feel any difference at all? Do I see any difference? I don't know, but. Maybe, maybe if I think there is a difference, then maybe that's enough. If that were true, you could run knobbly tyres on a road bike and it'd make you faster, wouldn't it? Because it'd trick the air as well. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's motor racing, it's people coming from motor racing, aerodynamics, looking at all that sort of thing. And go, yeah, yeah, that, that, that works. That, that actually works when you're going over 70 miles an hour. just yeah. doesn't, doesn't work under that kind of speed. Doesn't, on the kind of speeds that you're doing on a road bike, it's... It's kind of if it's practically irrelevant, unless you're doing like you're doing a kilo in the velodrome, and you're actually hitting like forty miles an hour or something. But even then, it's actually not that big a deal. I want to believe, Ev. I want to believe. <laughs> you can believe. You'll be wrong. You can believe all you want. <laughs> but you know, like I, I reckon, aerodynamics is just a, a look. Yeah. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. In the, in the sense that if you want to design something that looks super sleek and cool, go for your life. But don't don't sell it to people. Don't, don't sell them the lie that it's somehow making them faster. It's not making them faster. It's making them look like they want to, you know, they feel they feel cooler. But we don't really know. So it could be making them faster. That's 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 the. It's not. I'm still riding rim brakes. I'm still riding external cables. I don't think anyone owns a fully internal bike, do they? Yeah. Uh, no, we're no, far too just, boring and practical. Here. I just have to see them. So what? The what are the worst things about having uh, internal cabling? Then obviously, there's got to be ramifications. But well, all for me, it's it's a purely practical thing. Okay. And, and maybe because of my job as a bike fitter, mm-hmm. that I want to be able to adjust things. I want to be able to move a handlebar up and down. I want to be able to put a new stem on. I want to be able to change the hood position. And, and you so wouldn't be able to do that because and people might not know that you have to like bleed brakes and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I, I think that that's my biggest gripe. It's like people go into buying a new bike without the knowledge or being told, mm. if you want to change anything about this cockpit, then you're going to have to take it to a mechanic and it's going to cost you about two, three hundred pounds to do it because we're going to have to take all the hose and cables out, we're going to re-bleed it and then put it back in and you're going to tell me exactly where to put it back in and then you decide the next day that, oh, that's not quite the right position. So you have to take it back in again and then spend another two hundred pounds at re-bleeding and pulling everything yeah. out again. And, and, and the expertise isn't really there. You know, in like, there's plenty of bike mechanics, plenty of good bike mechanics, but there are also plenty of really bad ones. And you know, that that's an issue when people take their bikes and go, "Can you sort this out?" And then it's some teenager intern that hasn't seen it before. You know, they they haven't got the experience, so they're they're trying to fumble their way through it. And then you get a lot of you know, I see a lot of badly set up bikes that I need to fix. Don't. <laughs> don't even like the dross I mean do you actually do you get people coming in where you're like oh, I'm going to have to fix that before we even oh, get started all the time, time. All the time. Yeah. Like, headsets are always loose headsets hood position and bar angle mm-hmm. like hood position 
Honestly, tell when, me, you, when you're working on a bike... What's the correct angle for your... Well, I'll tell you what it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you're working on a bike at, like, you know, a dodgy angle in a work stand. Mm. You put the hoods kind of, yeah. like, yeah. the way you think they should be. Put it on the floor! Put it on the floor. Not hard. Like, what are, like literally, the one of the most common things we do mm. is reposition handlebars and hoods, which you can't do on an internally rooted handlebar. No. Okay. Or, or, or a fully one. integrated one. All or an all-in-one. All yeah. Oh, what do you think about all-in-one bar and stem combinations? Fine, if you've been fitted before. <laughs> if you know exactly what it is that you buy in, and you know exactly what it is that mm. you get the position that mm. you need, where the hoods need to go, stem length, bar yeah. width, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, fill your boots, crack on. Well, I'm, noticing, I'm noticing a lot of, even, even pro bikes now, loads more spaces going on because they've got these one piece bar and steps they've only got one angle mm. so you can't you can't change the stem angle and you can't you can't uh, change the angle of the bars and the, the hood position and stuff like that so they're basically the only way to raise it up and down is to, to add more spaces, spaces. I think a lot of that though yeah. is like the generational change there's like a, mm. like pros understand a lot more about biomechanics these yeah. days than they ever did like you look at like Ryder Hagedal's setup when he won the Giro like you know, was it like 10 years ago yeah. 10 12 years ago like that was one of the most ridiculous bicycle setups ever. But now people are what like, "What was it like?" Well, so he had like a I can't remember what size it was, but it was it was a Cervelo R5 or an R5CA as it was back then. Size like a fourteen centimeter saddle to bar drop, like a one thirty negative seventeen stem, like traditional Belgian mm. drop bar, like just like the most ridiculous setup like you have it's ever. It's a crit seen. setup. Yeah, basically, and he was riding a Grand Tour on it. Yeah. Like, I mean, he did all right, obviously. But, <laughs> he you know, did all right, you know. But, he didn't thing, like, it, but so. for the rest of us, it's like, okay, so biomechanics, like force production is usually the limiter for most people going fast. Mm-hmm. You can't produce force, yeah. you're not going to get up to the speed where aerodynamics may become a factor. <laughs> so and you've seen this a lot like with pro positions, like, you know, we just watched, spent three weeks watching the tour. Majority of them are actually riding more reasonable positions mm-hmm. than they kind of pros have historically done. Like Pog, you mm. know, mm-hmm. his position looks pretty good. Like it would be, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> it would but be the force good. he can exert yeah. through his bicycle and like the click of a finger, it's yeah. He it's doesn't just have like, any injuries as well. So yeah, probably, it's consistent. Mm. So if you can prioritize stability, I mean, like as a result of riding, as oh, a right, result yeah. of not crashing, not like Vanderpol who seems to be off the bike all the time. Yeah, but if you can prioritize like stability and force production, then mm. you're gonna go quick. Like, and sometimes bringing the front end up a little bit just gives you that extra space in your hips mm. where you can sit back on the saddle, put weight through the saddle, put weight through your feet and actually put some force mm. through the pedals using your hamstrings, your glutes, your core, like all the muscles that you should be using rather than just rely on your quads and your calves. What about when you get out of the saddle? It's a different ball, ball game, isn't it? Well, should you be getting out of the saddle? I like it. Out of the saddle. <laughs> That's where all my power is. Yeah, yeah. But you can get out of the saddle in, in, in any situation. Well, yeah, but uh, I do. I I do notice a, a lot of people with really really high yeah. front ends getting out of the saddle, just no mm. core strength, and they just look like they're just going to fall over. Mm. So, and this is also taken a bit tongue in cheek as well. Like, oh, yeah, you know, we're ranting, but right. like, you know, bars too high is just as bad as bars yeah. too low. Yeah. So you just got to find the angle, find which is right for you. And if that's having a few spaces beneath your stem, yeah. then nothing wrong yeah. with it. I think bikes are so stiff. 
nowadays that mm. having a few spacers underneath your stem is not going to affect mm. the handling that much. If you you know if you're jacking it up like fifty mil, yeah. then yeah, different. <laughs> but you know, twenty mils gives you that adjustment. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, people are buying different size. The sizes that people. Buying, geometry's changed. The geometry's tra- yeah. changed, and they don't know what size to, to buy. So a lot of people, especially like pros or, or just at, you know amateur races and stuff, they're buying smaller sizes because they want a lower front end, but they also maybe want you know they want a more saddle seat post for the yeah. for the aesthetics of it, the fashion. Um, but also uh, someone I know has a Cervelo, is it Cervelo R one, whatever the current fancy. Aero bike is now. That's the so um, S5. So yeah, S5. it's like it's a really, really similar to my 54. It's a 51. Mm. Well, this is why frame size in conventions it is just no don't matter because the top tube's like 53 and a half or something. Anyway, but this is the thing. Like one of my biggest gripes is that I feel like bike manufacturers have a duty to make bicycles which are adjustable and do have easy practical adjustments so that people can find a position that they can ride in and ride comfortably and enjoy their bike riding. I understand bikes look cool, but integrated proprietary systems should be an banned. They should be banned. Are we going backwards? We started off with steel bikes, everything custom, like lugs, construction, you cut with tubes to whatever, you, you get your perfect bike. Well, I mean, did you get your perfect bike? Probably a lot of people didn't know any better, did we? Didn't so, know, yeah. yeah. But probably a lot of people had a bike that was maybe too big for them or, or whatever because, you know, nobody. Who was, were there bike fitters in the. 50s? Yeah. yeah, it was voodoo, wasn't it? It's pretty weird, uh, pretty weird world, wasn't it? I mean, I imagine that there must have been, I guess, the, the maybe the art form that's been lost a bit, far be it from me to criticise frame builders, but, you know, as a frame builder, you probably you used to have to be a bike fitter and, uh, you know, a professor of geometry and... Uh, a frame builder and be able to weld and, and do all that stuff. Whereas now, like every other field, everything's really separated. You've got experts, very, very niche experts in every field. So, you know, you guys, you're bike fitters, professional bike fitters, you have to work closely with professional frame builders so that they get it right because they don't know enough about bike fitting. I think somewhat. It will depend on the company. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah, I remember yeah. there's more there's more frame builders out there. There's also more call for custom frames. Like True. before, I think it was mainly just for pros, wasn't it? Mm. Rather than like, you know. But it but it went from so it went you know the the it went to the when was it when was the TCR the 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 giant TCR was the nineties no, late eighties a little bit later mid nineties mid nineties so they went carbon. from hmm? carbon TCR. Um, whichever I think is, is the, the, the like just just the compact geometry. Yeah, like just the four or five, maybe. Okay, what so you went, you know, you went from full custom bikes with you know in in many different sizes, um, or standard bikes in many different sizes, all full custom, I should say, and then you went to the TCR, which is we're going to make a a, a a bike that can be more sizes mm-hmm. with the same frame just by changing mm-hmm. the, the bits on it and the positions, and now. Mm. We're kind of going full circle because mm. now 
things are becoming so proprietary and the you know you can't you can't really have much of an aero bike without with mm. a sloping a really sloping top tube because mm. it's part of the kind of package whether it's whether there's any science behind it whether it's just visual um so you know you've you've again you we've gone back to this and and with you know single piece bar and stems and things like that gone back to this point where you have to get the size right mm. Yeah, it's, it's I, making you have to, isn't it? Because yeah. Otherwise, you're going to spend loads of money. Yeah, I just feel like people, uh, bike manufacturers, are just shooting themselves in the foot. Because at some point, people are just going to get frustrated. You're not catering for the wider market. You're catering for a very niche, small kind of market. I mean, you look at triathlon or TT bikes. Like most of the major manufacturers don't make a TT bike because it's just too specific. There's no. There's not that many, much demand for it. So how, um, how do we get this specifically? How do we make... Because obviously people are still going to want these integrated bars. They're still going to want... Like, why isn't there an option when you buy a bike that, and they encourage you to have a fit? Why isn't there an option where you can choose your components? If they make it, surely they can make different ones of each Yeah, size, absolutely. Right? There, there are plenty of examples of companies who do make integrated components or components that do integrate well with each other but still create uh, an aerodynamic package. Yeah. But it's adjustable. It's, it's still not as adjustable as, you know, a traditional bar but it is adjustable. Like, uh, even specialised, like, they make, you know, an aero handlebar and a stem, and the cables actually root externally, but they're kind of covered with a, with a kind of cover clamp, so yeah. it's still yeah. able to be accessed. But then, you know, the cable's still kind of root into the frame and so on. It's still pain in the butt to, you know, move it around. But if people put more thought into the design process, then they would, they, they can design these things to be more practical. Mm -hmm. But there is always the pressure of getting stuff out done for that season. There, there has to be a continual yeah. kind of, there, there is a timeline. Yeah. Um, do you mean more choice at the point of sale though? So if you've got like a Canyon Air Road or something like that mm. and you're ordering it and you're about to hit go on this bike, yeah. you'd be like, right, okay, do I want a handlebar which is like 38 wide, yeah. 90 I meant that, like or, even yeah. down to the choosing mm. of your gearing and stuff yeah. like that, like to give, because more people So that would be great for the consumer, but it mm. creates a massive headache for especially a direct-to-consumer mm. yeah. Uh, model mm. because you can't just then go to your warehouse, pull a random box off a shelf, know what's in it, and then send it out. You've got to open that box. You've got to like spec that bike to that customer, and that takes time. And you put a lot more barriers into you getting kind of paid, basically. What bike shops are for? This is what bike shops are for. Yeah, mm. 100%. this is what bike shops were supposed to do. Yeah, you walk into a bike shop, you know, I want one of those, and well, then I'll get one right. Hmm? A lot of them can't get it right. Mm. No, they didn't. That's why they're all. And they're, they're not going to have <laughs> they're all going the, out business. Uh, items and stuff either. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. It's, 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 There's it supply chain issues. The, There's supply chain issues, and and the price has gone up of everything. Yeah. Like, do we need to kill direct to consumer? Kill but, then, but then you get companies like Ribble who do offer uh, a, a variety of like you can choose your bars, you can choose your stem length, you can choose all of that. Uh, yeah. The question, if I was Ribble, would be like, or oh, how do I? How do I let my customer know what is the right length? Like, well, how do they choose? Yeah. A lot of people, 50% of the people that are buying the bike won't know what bar and stem yeah. they want. And they'll probably get a big one because that's cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, so then... 1.30 looks cooler yeah. than 80, right? Yeah. So then as a manufacturer, you say, well, it doesn't matter, so I'm just going to make a yeah. stock bike and yeah. send it out there and they can yeah. figure it out themselves. Yeah. But if only they made a... Like, if, if only they had, like, you know, two, two tier consumer level and then industry level, like, bike fitters and bike shops, which is where you can you can spec like exactly the, the parts that you need like maybe consumers don't really need to have access to all that what they need to do is go through a third party like a bike shop or a bike builder or bike fitter or something mm. and then you'll get the because you understand okay you know what stem length they need and you know what bar width they need and you you know if there are alternatives and stuff like that you can just order it in customers don't want to be they they just want to they want to see they want to know what the price is and they want to click buy and they want to know whether they can pay in installments. That's pretty much all they... But to be fair as well to the consumer, the actual brands don't make it that easy no. because it's an economy of scale, right? Yeah. All they care about is their bottom lines yeah. at the end of the day. The bike industry does not have our best interests at heart. What? Right? They just want to sell you a bike. No so, way! Boom, 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 boom. Mic drop. Um, but it's like, yes, yeah, it's economy of scale, isn't it? Yep. The more obstacles you put in the way mm. to getting paid, the less viable your business is. Everyone right? wants to simplify. Everyone wants to go exactly. down the, 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 the Apple model and say, right, this is the thing. This is yeah. it. It's this or, you know, or bust. Well, this is the, this is why there's always going to be a need for specialists mm. who have that knowledge and have that, like, you can convey that information. Yeah. It would just be nice if... Yeah. manufacturers took that into account and had a kind of like you know because okay everyone's got a um, well why would you you know if you can sell X amount more bikes yeah eat more easily because, why would you because you care <laughs> <laughs> what a joker uh, yeah, yeah try, try explaining uh, yeah duty of care to your shareholders <sighs> Because you get that with different companies, like most custom bikes, you go onto their website and there will be a link to a bike fitter in the local area, for example, that they recommend and that they would say, you have to have this before you come to me. Yeah. But so it, thing is, yeah, but that's because they're manufacturing on a very small scale. Well, even Fairlight do it, and their stock sizes. But in, it's like buying... They're not, they're not canyon sized, are they? They're not like sort of specialised, giant... True. Yeah, they still have. They still outsource their bikes. They all oh, yeah. on a big I mean, a freight. Lot of do, huge yeah. amounts at the time. Yeah. But if, if, kudos to Fairlight though. They mm. make way more frame sizes. They make twice as many frame sizes mm. than every other manufacturer. Yeah. And so they fit really well. Yeah. So it's much more likely that you can find a good fit for a greater range of different people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. And it's it's still a. A set geometry, but I much rather see that. And they they also build to spec. They don't have a stock bike which you just buy. Mm -hmm. They have you have to specify stem length, handlebar width, um, spacers, all the rest of it. Um, but I, I liken it just to like going out and buying a suit. You can go to a very specialist tailor and have that suit absolutely perfectly dialed in for you. And your occasion, like if you're getting married, I did it recently. It was like, yeah. yeah. Then the fit. Know. I hope so. I'm going to it <laughs> yeah. But you know, if if it doesn't have fit, all then every morning, yeah. Yeah. If if something's <laughs> it's my only treat of the day. Oh damn it! 
But you know that if you go back to that tailor, you try it on, and if there's something that needs tweaking, then they will do it for you because they want yeah. to make sure that that suit is just right for you. Or if you go to Primark, what will happen? Yeah, so you go to Primark and you get an off-the-shelf suit and maybe it'll fit you 70% well. Mm. And maybe that's enough for whatever occasion. And so there's a time and a place for everything. Okay, but the Primark suit costs like a fraction of a bespoke tailor, right? Whereas the bike industry... Yeah, you're, but you know yeah. you're spending like people are spending ten grand on. I don't know why. I don't know who these people are. They're spending I, I ten grand. On. <laughs> I, I should probably I should probably find a few more of them. Um, but like, if you're spending that kind of money on a bike, and not insisting that you get like a premium bike fit beforehand, and have somebody else handle the setup and the build and everything for you, you get like the fact that you can just buy off the shelf bikes at those sorts mm. of prices from. Cannondale or whoever. It's just a bike though, isn't it? But it does create our business for us though, because they just come and have bike fits, don't they? Because they're miserable. Well, yeah, but you'd so, rather people didn't come to you after the fact. No, you? no, of course not. But and still, then have to do that well. whole whole explaining. Prevention you know, is better than cure. Yeah, for sure. What What is the... It was um, the wrong bike. Oh, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> well, if somebody spent... The thing is, if somebody spent 10 grand on a bike and they come to you and you say, you pulled the wrong bike, the likelihood is they'll be like, I'll buy another one. You know, if they can afford to, to drop 10 grand on a bike. But then there's people that have paid a couple of thousand, a few mm. thousand. They've scrimped and they've saved. And all of a sudden, yeah. you have to, you know, have to, have to, have yeah. to pose that question. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you look, how do you look somebody in the eye, guys? And tell them. It's really easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've done it too many times. Though. We've got what we've got here is a square peg and a round hole. <laughs> no, it just doesn't work. It just don't work. Is that how often? What are we talking about percentage-wise? But, it, but it's often? even like uh, talking about things like cranks. Right. Like the amount of times that we have to tell people that you would really benefit from, you know, uh, a shorter crank. But I've got a power meter away. Oh, but yeah. people, it's, it's broaching it practically, though. You know, you can yeah. sell that power meter, you can sell that crank that you've got, make that money back, and then buy a new one. Yeah. And you don't actually like lose that much. You can sell the bike that doesn't fit you, yeah. and then get a new one. We could sell the power meter that you never needed and never will need, and buy a regular set of cranks for much yeah. less money and stop being. But but this one is of those this is the thing. The, but the the tricky thing is approaching that emotional level mm. of. Maybe you've been either sold something that isn't right for you, or you've made a poor decision in your buying and bought something that's not right for you. I mean, or your body's changed. Or your body's changed. Like, or yeah, you've had this bike for ten years, yeah. broken your body, mm-hmm. now doesn't fit you, and sits in the corner of the fit room. Yeah, and without but, a saddle. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking about himself. <laughs> Uh, um, other inventions come on Anyone oh yeah, yeah let's the get Brooks Saddle the Brooks oh. Saddle what's wrong oh with the Brooks Saddle God. isn't it the most comfortable saddle in the world like sitting on a horse just thought I'd throw something I mean that's the idea isn't it, it is a, a, like it's a saddle for a horse rather than a bicycle 
How, how long would be an average journey back in the day on a, on a, on a horse out of interest? Would you well, go like depends where you're going, doesn't it? Well, I don't know, like, you know, a general trip. Like, we're talking I'm fairly hours. sure, I'm fairly sure it's well documented that people <laughs> didn't travel. Travelled quite, no, quite, they travelled like, they make it right across America. I want to see data on <laughs> horse This, this was the first sort of distance, wasn't it? But they didn't, no, but they didn't do the whole journey in, well, in they one stopped it go. They stopped, no, they, they stopped, they stopped because they, they, stopped because they were tired and then they had kids and then they never went any further and their kids grew up and they carried oh, on the journey right? so by the time they got to the other side it was just like three generations different but everyone was always headed and that is manifest west, right? destiny <laughs> <laughs> oh. ah. but you need a brook saddle if you're going to go far right <laughs> put one on your Brompton how far do you ride your Brompton uh, I've never had a Brompton from Waterloo to Bank Bank, yeah. I guess, yeah, that's, that's the one, isn't <laughs> From it? From bank to embankment. Sorry, but no, like the whole concept of the Brooks Saddle is that it moulds itself to the shape of your backside. Mm. But what if your backside is asymmetrical? And what? if it keeps getting asymmetrical and you sink into an even mm. more asymmetrical shape. What if it doesn't mould itself to your backside? What if your backside moulds itself to it? <laughs> that is true. So that's maybe not the most comfortable way to go about Sitting I mean, to be fair, before it gets comfortable, it's going to get nicked. That's true, yeah. So, Unless you put a, an old Tesco bag Tesco on it. Tesco bag on it. To make it look... Basically, do they do they not come with that in the box when you buy a Saddle? They come with an old a Tesco bag from the old logo from the 80s. Not bought a Brooks Saddle, to be honest. So, I'm, well. sure, I'm sure there's a you can actually buy a, a proper fitted rain cover for a saddle that is the <laughs> old Tesco logo, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure you can buy that. I mean, I just don't trust anything that requires you to have a battle with it. It's like, who's going to break first? Mm -hmm. Are you going to break the seating, or is it going to break your ass first? Who's going to win that battle? Doesn't doesn't need to. You don't need to do that. Street Fighter in it. (laughs) Who's going to win? (laughs) Right, here's one. Tubeless tires. The road. The road. No, that's about to. Wade in there. <laughs> tubeless <laughs> tyres are amazing. I've got tubeless on a mountain bike. It's amazing. I mean, tubeless makes sense for mountain bikes. Makes sense for large volume tyres. Makes sense for every, anything. Basically, this is uh, here's my criteria. If you just in case you're Says the wheel builder. Um, if you can get your sealant in by just popping the uh, one one side of the tyre off and pouring it in, and then sticking your tyre on, pump it up. That's 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 what tubeless is made for. You can do that with yeah. uh, with road Yeah. Have you tried it? Try yeah. that on the twenty eight. It's not. It's not. Really? Actually, yeah, how not long did it take you the other day to change those tires? Uh, half an hour. And that was with inner tubes. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> B one help you. Yeah. So yeah, no tubeless is uh, it's got it's it's got its pluses pluses and minuses. For road, it's kind of like well, you know, I mean. Is the if, is the faff worth it? Yeah, is the faff when you have a catastrophic failure? Mm. Is that worth it? Getting messy. Mm. If you have a catastrophic failure with tubes, oh well, you put another tube in, or you worst case scenario, you have to take a cab and get another tire or whatever. But you're not covered in sealant. Mm. Yeah, it just comes back to practicality again. Yeah. You know, can can you take your tire off? Can you change it? Can you keep going? I think that's the main thing. Is can you? That I I hear that from customers all the time. You know, I want a tire that I can get on and off at the side of the road when my hands are cold. Yeah. 
um, and not have to worry. Two yeah. degrees and chuckling rain came yeah. in February. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Any honourable mentions of terrible inventions? Before we wrap it up, you should have. You got that one. The well, there's the the, the suspension stems. <laughs> Future shock. Future shock and oh. anything with oh, an elastomer in it. Anything specialised? Have you seen that, e, yeah. that Cane Creek, that suspension stem? Oh, the Thud Buster. <laughs> oh, no, that's the seat post. That's the seat post. What does they call it? The, the EE Silk or something. I've seen that. It's a wonderful piece of engineering. Would not Just, let it anywhere near my bicycle. Yeah. That's a look at it. Like things that easy. people come up with that just add weight and create compliance where they should have been compliance mm. but they couldn't figure out how to like metallurgy or carbon layup um, people do that all the time it's not like, oh, time isn't it yeah it's definitely a theme of proprietary parts being the main bad invention I guess that's that is a result of like companies that are huge and that try and reinvent each you know different product year by year and therefore creating something new and like cool and you know and they never are because they're always just copying something that was done didn't didn't, didn't actually work. make didn't work and then there's been alright okay it's been 20 years yeah. we'll do this again but this time it's in black instead of silver so yeah. it's different yeah. so basically yeah. what we're saying is 18 mil tubs round tubes and 73 degree angles everywhere is the way to go yeah it's basically your bike <laughs> your dream bike isn't it Pretty but much, yeah we yeah. didn't get out to see tube that's an that's episode that's an entire episode, episode. Um, oh electronic gears that's another thing that you don't need, but everybody wants. Why not charge your bike? If it's electric, I suppose you need to charge it anyway. It's always power in a cable. <sighs> I, I like my electronic gears. It's the first time I've had it. I couldn't go back now. Really? No way. No way. Oh, I've got between. Tell you what, electronic gears on TT bike. Oh, that makes sense. Eight. Makes sense because you want your little, you want your yeah. blips on your whatever. But also, it's a very niche, very specialist bike. It's the T's made of shifted. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have, but you don't need it. But, uh, as we as we've come full circle, maybe now is a good time to, <laughs> to wrap it up. Enough about butts. And if you or anyone you know has recently expressed a desire to own a T's made. Well, quite frankly, you're beyond help. Follow us on Instagram at softissuespod. Leave a comment. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you for the next one. Bye.